1: How's life uh, in your part of Australia, um, given everything that's been going on with uh, the latest excitement around COVID?
2: Yeah, good morning, Richard. Thanks for having me on, mate. Um, yeah, look, it's it's interesting times, I guess, isn't it? None of us um, know what to expect with, with what's been happening. Um, yeah, this time last year, we were worried about three or four cases in the region, and now we're talking hundreds and thousands, and we're still uh, going strong. But um, yeah, interesting times. It's it's hard to know where we're going from here. Well,
1: we're recording this uh, at the beginning of the new year, 2022. It'd be very interesting in, you know, sitting down this time next year to see where we're at, because uh, I don't think anybody expected that uh, we'd be talking about COVID uh, anymore by now. But anyway, here we are. So Jared, uh, let's just sort of start off with, uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, current professional responsibilities.
2: Um, yeah, so I'm the general manager at Cadman Machinery, um, trading as Cadman, um, been doing the role for around about two years now. Um, so that all the functions of the business report through to the, the general manager, uh, being the two branches that we, we have the branch managers and the financial controller.
1: Right. Okay. And you said you've been in the business for two and a half years and, uh, the business is owned, I believe, uh, by an old friend of yours
2: yeah so I, i've actually been in the business for a bit over four years i've been general manager for around about two and a bit years now right um yeah nick nick and i went to um high school together nick and his um his family owned the business um yeah i came on board as a branch manager originally to to help him out um and yeah this is where we've sort of led to uh the business is growing and and um some of the roles within the business
1: fantastic and so uh, tell us a little bit about what the business does and the kind of people that you uh, have as your clients. Yeah,
2: so we're a farm machinery business. Um, New Holland is our our major brand um, when it comes to the ag machinery. Uh, we have a number of other major brands, um, JCB in the construction. Um, yeah, look, we we uh, we're looking for customers that are on the front foot and looking to grow. Um, we enjoy doing business with, with forward thinkers and, and people that are looking to take that next step with their business. Um, it's an interesting time for our business at the moment. We're sort of, um, making the the transition from a, a business that's, you know, focuses on the bottom line to being a purpose-led business. Um, I, I believe, you know, you need to be in partnership with your clients
1: more so than, you know, being there for the transaction and that's it. And, uh, so tell us, uh, what exactly do you mean by a purpose-led business
2: yeah so uh, to find out purpose i guess was was the big uh, the big goal with the transition and we we landed on uh, we want to be a business that's uh, here to help our our people and our customers grow uh we want to see progression for them you know at the end of the day generally our customers are families and you know you like to see then grow and their business grow and they can leave a legacy for for future generations um we carry that right through the business we like to see our employees come on board and they start out as an apprentice or a trainee and and move their way through the business or,
1: or on to other things uh, as long as they're moving forward we're happy okay and um you've got about 45 staff is that correct
2: yeah, in total, between the two branches. It's around about 45. That number fluctuates, obviously. But, um, yeah, that's about a
1: full full book for us is around about the 45. Okay. Uh-huh. And when you say um, you like to work with forward thinkers and, you know, organisations that are looking towards the future, uh, how, that? I mean, obviously, the, the agricultural space, uh, there's a lot of um, development of new technology and um, new innovative ways of them doing their work, et cetera. So, how does that play in with uh, how you're supporting them?
2: Yeah, so the the, the focus of uh, agri- uh, agricultural farm machinery business, I guess, has shifted from being there to do the service and the repairs to, to really a uh, technology focus now. So there's not too many tractors that leave our business that don't have some form of um, GPS guidance in, in the tractor. So, yeah, whether it's auto steer or, or just a mapping system, but, um, it's becoming, you know, 90% of the tractors going out the door have some form of guidance or, or steering system in them. Um, so you, you're moving away from that traditional, you know, the farm tractors there just to, you know, uh, pull a plow and that sort of thing to looking to get the most out of it. Precision, um, inputs into farming these days have gone through the roof, as I'm sure you're aware with fertilizers and chemicals you know being able to map and steer your tractor so you're not getting overlap um in products and it really cuts back on efficiencies for, for the farmers so you know there's a, a real focus there we run a standalone precision farming um department in our business uh so alongside you have service parts and sales we also have a precision farming department headed up by uh, one fella, and, and he utilizes
1: resources within our service department to get out and service the customers install guidance systems Okay, Tafsik, and what about on the uh, the construction side of things? Yeah, so the construction side of it, uh, it's an exciting part of the business.
2: Um, JCB's a, a large uh, family-owned brand in the world, I'm sure you've heard of, big in the UK. Um, quality gear, we do a, a lot of gear through them, particularly with our telehandlers and things in the ag space, but uh, with the excavators and, and back hovers and things with councils, uh, we get some good traction there. It's, um, yeah, it's a space that, that we're trying to grow within our business as well. But um, it's, it's certainly a rewarding industry to be a part of as well. Different thinkers to founders, but certainly still
1: progressive. Mm. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, we can come back and talk a bit more about that later. Let's go back and talk a bit about your background, Jared. Um, uh, tell us about where you were born, mum and dad, and sort of early life growing up.
2: Yeah, Richard. Um, I was born in Catherine in the Northern Territory, um, lived in on a cattle station just out of pine creek the first 10 years of my life i guess um yeah one older sister two younger uh got to the point where we were sort of looking to go to high school and um, we'd done school the yeah, for primary school so mum and dad decided to make the move and um, we settled in queensland for about six months and then brought a, um, a farm down here in northeast victoria just out of Wodonga. and yeah been there ever since well mum and dad have um went to high school in Wodonga and that's where I met Nick, uh, one of the owners of the business. We went to high school together. So known each other for about, um, 20, 22 years now. Um, yeah, been into, I guess, um, ag and farming all all my life, sort of moved away. I've never never had, um, intentions of being on the farm. I, um, I had a crack at a international business degree at uni and lost interest with that pretty quickly. Um, (laughs) Yeah, just uni life wasn't for me. I was probably at that stage of my life looking to have a bit more fun and you need money to do that. So I I got stuck into the working side of it instead. Um, Yeah, did a fair bit with steel uh, fabrication, bought into the business I'd worked at for for seven years. Um, Yeah, stayed in there for another sort of four or five and and then decided it was time to go and, um, yeah, expand my career and um started as a branch manager for a building products company and then nick approached me um and i've ended up at cadman
1: right okay uh, i uh similarly i left high school and i did uh, my first year of uni and i was too interested in having fun and earning money as well so i think i didn't get my first degree completed until i uh it took me eight years <laughs> uh and you're still you're still a young fella jared you can go back to uni and at, at any point but uh and so um uh, are your parents still farming?
2: Yeah, yeah. Look, Dad, I think it'll take a fair bit to stop, Dad. He's uh, he's always doing it. And he's doing it himself. He doesn't like to accept too much help. Right. Uh, but yeah, still out on the on the cattle farm out there. Um, yeah, he'll be there for a little bit longer yet. And
1: why did that not appeal to you? Um, well,
2: I guess it was never never really pushed upon me. Like he always helped out on weekends and after school and things, but never really took it up and, and had the drive to want to be there. So it was never uh, really offered as an option to, to stay at home on the farm. Uh, you know, I wanted to get out and do things and, and my sisters are all the same. Um, yeah. So not sure what will happen down the track there, but yeah, certainly not looking to go back to farming life anytime soon. Um, we deal with enough farmers to know that it's not that easy in farming. Mm.
1: i looked at, uh, I think it. It's one of those industries where when life's good, it's really good. But when it's bad, it's terrible. And uh, yeah. that's sort of up and down. I, I agree with you. I find that very challenging. And so I looking at your LinkedIn profile, I see that prior to, you know, working for CatMap, you're at CSR, which is obviously a, you know, a, a massive business. So h- how did you find the transition between going from such a large organization into what is essentially a fairly small family owned company?
2: Yeah, I think, look, uh, my time at CSR was good. It was uh, certainly a learning curve, you know, teaching all facets of of managing people. Um, not a massive team I had to look after there as a as, um, branch manager for them, but um, certainly learned some things, the, the things that I like to do that, similar to what I did there, and some things that I didn't really agree with that they did there. You can um, bring to a small business and I guess you've got more flexibility to change things in a, in a family owned business. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, we sit at the table with, with the board and we discuss the direction of the business and, and have a say into that. Whereas in a large
1: corporation like that, you, you sent a message and that's, that's what you're expected to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I know that, you know, you joined the business in 2017 and NIF had really only taken it over the year before that. So, um, you know, what was the business like when you joined as compared to what it's like now? yeah look, I suppose
2: we um we've been through some tough times, and you know it's no secret that drought makes it hard in a business like this. Um, the end of seventeen was probably when it was starting to dry off and and that's when we came into the business. um you know from from the start of the business in February sixteen we we had good conditions probably similar to what we've had in the last sort of twelve to eighteen months, and then it really dried off, and we had a, we had a tough couple of years there when um conditions really dried up and and farmers weren't spending money. Um, the last 18 months we've come, come right back out of that. And, you know, last year we had the best year we've ever had, um, this year's, you know, it's been a challenging year with COVID and supply and and all these sorts of things, um, conditions probably didn't really work out for farmers. It was a tough harvest whilst the crops were there. It was very hard to get on paddocks to get them off because we've just been too wet. Um, so, you know, that's really moved the business forward and allow us to, to grow in areas and and change things and, you know, sort of develop the business a little bit and, and look to the future for, for further growth.
1: And so when you look into the future, uh, you're saying you've got two branches currently, uh, is there an intention that you're going to grow out your branch network either through acquisition or organic growth?
2: Yeah, look, the the um, long term goals, the business is um, to really get the two branches that we've got uh, really humming and, and working well. And then look at geographical expansion, uh, you know, to probably acquire uh, small businesses that are coming up along the way, Um, you know, we want to, we want to stay local. We don't want to be looking to move to the West or anything silly like that. You know, we -hmm. want to pick up businesses that are around our area with, with, um, you know, similar objectives to us, I guess, and similar customer base. Mm -hmm.
1: And um, Um, what about in terms of uh, the 45 people that you've got in the team? across your two branches so you know, what what are some of the th- things that are important to you from a, a cultural perspective in relation to how you run the business and and the people that work for you
2: yeah look i think um it, it doesn't matter if you're the person at the top or the bottom um in our business everyone's opinion is valued uh, We we like everybody to be coming forward with ideas I guess you know you need to take the mentality that that you don't know everything, and and if someone else has always got a better idea than you, you just have to be willing to listen. um So you know we we try to get around everyone from as I say the work experience kid right right through to the top to you know hear hear the concerns, hear the ideas coming out of our team, and and hope that uh, hope that that helps us move forward. That um, you know we can put some of their ideas into motion, and and that helps with the growth of the business. You know, we also identify uh, in our team members who's somebody that's looking to grow within the business or or grow within themselves, and and perhaps move on to other businesses. But how can we help them progress their careers? Because at the end of the day, I get just as much satisfaction out of somebody else progressing their career as I do myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know that's the same for for Nick and and the other owners of the business that. You know, we, we like to see our people grow and, and be rewarded. Um, you know, we're a business that likes to give back, I guess.
1: Okay. And, uh, what about for yourself? I mean, you've, as you said, you've uh, stepped up into your general management role, essentially, you know, a broad cross-functional role across the business. Um, uh, in terms of your own professional development in order to, you know, handle that broader responsibility and of strategy and finance and, and things. What are some of the things that you do personally to uh, to continue to develop yourself professionally?
2: Um, look, I think a, a big part of that is um, having a strong management team around me to allow me the time to to work on those things.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, moving from a, a branch manager's role into the adrenaline manager's role was really not a huge step. You're talking about doing the same day-to-day functions. It's just that it's on a bigger scale and you've got another group of people that you've got to look after. Right. Um, yeah, as far as um, development goes, look, if, if there was time for it, Richard, I'd I'd be uh, all over that. But uh, at, at this point in time, yeah, with the way the ag industry's been, it, it's been flat out for the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's a bit of learn as you go, on, I guess. Yeah, I know the feeling. Very, very, very good. <laughs> And, uh, and you mentioned that you've got an external board.
2: Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So made up of, um, the chairman of the board, Roger, he's, he's one of the owners, uh, an independent member and our, um, accountant, um, sits on the board as an advisory member as well. And
1: Nick as, as one of the other owners is a director on the board. Mm-hmm. So lots of uh, brain power to help you to really take business yeah. forward. And, and yep. what what are you looking forward to in terms of your own career looking into the future? I mean, obviously, uh, uh, there's lots of opportunity to grow out the role and and, and back as a business, et cetera. Do you have any sort of goals for yourself in that regard? Uh, I guess um, if the board's listening, Richard, I intend on being here
2: for a long time <laughs> as, as far as um, career progression goes. Look, the, the, the growth opportunities for the business is what excites me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if we can, can get ourselves into a position of, of growing to, to more dealerships, obviously it opens up more opportunity for more people within the business to come up underneath and, you know, area managers and things like that, which allows my position to grow as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I do hope that that the business um, does get to that point where we do have a few dealerships. Um, you know, whilst it's it's nice working with a, a small team, um, sometimes, you know, when the pressure comes on, it's nice to have that bit extra there, you know, a few other people in the business to help out where you've got shortfalls and things. Mm.
1: And you, you mentioned some of the sort of technological innovations that, uh, have been happening in the space. Are there any, you know, really exciting, you know, um, uh, things happening in the agricultural space that you're looking forward to? Um, Over say the next five years.
2: Look, we're always keeping our eye out for the new innovations. I know um, you know brands are looking at um, moving to to driverless tractors in the future. Um, you know things like these, and I, that sort of blows my mind that you can have a half million dollar piece of equipment driving around out there with nobody in it being responsible for it. But um, look, the way we are in Australia and and the cost of labor, you know, that's that's the way it's going to go. You. you find it hard to get good people to come in and help. And, you know, if you can streamline and make things more efficient by, by coming out, um, you know, the labor side of it, then I, I think that's the way of the future. Uh, unfortunately that, that means that not as many people are in the egg space, obviously, you know, you can, you can do your operation with a lot less people, but, um, you know, I think that's the way it's going. Um, you know, there's plenty of exciting things happening out there with drone technology. Um, laws are tightening on, on chemical usage and cutting back on chemicals by, you know, target spraying rather than broad spraying. Well, you know, I think that's something that's going to get
1: a lot of pressure in the future as well. Mm. And I suppose it's not just the cost of labor, but it's the availability. And I imagine that, uh, you know, with all of the restrictions due to COVID for bringing people in, you know, internationally into Australia, that must've affected, you know, the farmers tremendously.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, particularly your, uh, your fruit, um, orchards and things where you rely on them, backpackers to pick, mm. you know, we just haven't had that labor force and, you know, it's not that they're finding, uh, you know, people from other spaces they've just had to make doom it mm. uh, You know, we don't have a lot to do with orchards and things here where we are, but I, I can imagine that it's been a, a tough couple of years for those guys. Um, you know, the, the harvest work, I guess they, you know, they rely on backpackers for driving chats have been tractors and headers and things like that. And I know that's been a struggle this year, the start stops the, the season hasn't helped that either with the rain, Mm-mm. um, you know, being out of the stream and that, that sort of thing and, and make it easier to to drive machines, you know, the, um, automation function in, in the new Holland headers that we have now is unbelievable, the, the capabilities of, of that, you know, you can Throw someone in there with not a lot of experience, and and the header basically compensates where it needs to. What does uh, what does that header mean? Yeah, so combine harvester, and okay. I'm uh, in Australia. We call them headers. In America, they call them combines. Right. Uh, yeah. So strip, basically
1: stripping your grain crops. Okay, got it. And it, yeah. I I mentioned also, you know, for a lot of farmers, particularly you know people like your dad and so on, um, they're getting their head around this new technology, uh, and. It, it, I imagine that um, there'd be some who would really embrace it and others who would find it very foreign and, and probably, you know, quite daunting uh, to think about what they need to learn in order to, uh, to remain relevant.
2: Yeah. And look, I suppose that's uh, a big part of what we try to do as a business by having our precision farming department there, you know, we're there to assist those people to make that transition. Uh, you know, we don't just sell our system and say see you later it's about selling that system and spending the time in the machine and teaching them and uh, you know allowing them to have access to those precision farming people in our business to be able to give them you know a little bit of a hand every now and again to remind them a bit of a refresher on the system um you know how how to operate how to get the most out of their machine so it, it is it's it's hard but it is getting up into those um yeah, you know, smaller valleys and things where those blokes, you know, they probably always said we don't have a need for that technology. Well, it's starting to to grow out into those areas as well because they are seeing the advantages of it.
1: And I suppose if they can't get the labour to uh, to work utilising their old technology, they've got no choice, have
2: they? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Um, certainly makes it a lot more um, simple to put people in. I guess they don't need the skill set that you had to have when it was, you know, manual steering of machinery, particularly out in the broad acre cropping.
1: And what about in terms of cab match? I mean, um, obviously you're not farmers, but you're working in that industry. How how do you find it in terms of attracting quality talent to your business?
2: Um, I guess a big part of it, Richard, is giving people somewhere to come to work that they want to be and you know you you find more people um coming on board through word of mouth than you do anything i think you know there's there's always a lure of the grass is greener on the other side of the fence but um you know if, if we can give some um somewhere for someone to come and they feel like they're being rewarded and they're moving forward in their career and they can see you know progression there for them and um, then that goes a long way to attracting new people because, you know, the word gets out that, that you're doing the right thing by your employees. And, um, you know, it's why it's so important to have that open communication within your team so that, you know, you can hear any little grievances and you can sort them out, you know, before they come big problems.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've heard this expression, you know, a, a tree change. Are you finding that, you know, there are a lot of people who are moving to albury from you know the largest cities because they want that uh you know more uh enjoyable lifestyle particularly young families and uh, or are you finding the other way where people are leaving Albury to you know move into the bigger cities
2: oh i think certainly um the last 18 months people are moving out of the cities into these areas and mm. um, you know, all Riverdonga and the surrounds, you have a lot of uh, people coming for the weekend visits and stuff out of Melbourne, particularly, um, you know, the surrounding communities like Beechworth, Yak and Dan to Bright, Mount Beauty. you know, we have the ski fields, the dam here. So you have those people that have traditionally come up for, for their holidays or long weekends and things like that, that are now um, finding that they can work from home for their job in, in Melbourne and, you know, property's a lot cheaper up here than it is in Melbourne. Um well, it's gone through the roof everywhere. But, um, you know, people are making that change to to move away from, I guess the biggest thing has been lockdowns, dare I say it. Um, mm. You know, hopefully that's behind us, but people are saying that we don't have to be tied down in the capital cities. We can get out into the country, be part of a, a smaller community than what they're used to, and have all these little things on their um, doorstep like snow skiing and water skiing and and hiking and all those sorts of things, um, and and still be able to have that career that's tied to a big firm in the city. So I think that, yeah, the natural tendency is that people are still going to continue to, to move out of the cities to the regional areas. We haven't experienced a lot of it through our business. We we've got, uh, we've had one mechanic come on board that he came out of Sydney, um, nearly 12 months ago. Um, same sort of thing for him, bit of a, a tree change. Um, they had family ties down this way that, that helped, but, um, yeah, I see more of it happening in the future. Certainly. Yeah. Mm.
1: And um, that's a sort of a good segue into, you know, the last question I typically ask it. So, uh, Jared, uh, it sounds like you've worked extremely hard and, you know, very um, uh, committed to your work, but what are the kind of things you like to do uh, when you're not at work to recharge the batteries? Uh, Like we discussed before, probably turning the phone on would be a good start.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Look, I um, I'm I like to get involved in in sport. I've probably been heavily involved in sport for the last um, twenty years, really. But uh, my tennis, my football, um, motorbike riding, uh, the football side of it, I've sort of been involved in in committees and things. The local club, which turned into the league, I'm, I'm now president of the um, Tullamore District Football League here. Um, which I guess that's another way of just helping give back. Um, I've always had the theory with volunteer committees that if you don't like the way things are being done, you get on board and have a go rather than winching about it. And, um, I have to put my, my money where my mouth is and, and go and do it. But, um, yeah, that keeps me busy as well. It's been, been tough for, for country footy, um, with, with the, the lockdowns and things, we haven't had a season in the last two years. So, mm. um, being able to be in that space, which, you know, our customer base is, is largely involved out in that football league too. So it. It gives you a, a bit of an avenue to get out there amongst your customers in a, um, semi informal
1: yeah, sort of, um, environment rather than a work environment. Uh, so when, when you say football or which brand of football are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Richard, AFL. AFL, right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. proper football. <laughs> uh, football as compared to all of the other footballs. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting the comment you make about joining voluntary committees, because, uh, I've done it three times in my career. And every time I do it within a few minutes, it's like, Richard, what earth did you do this boy? It drives me absolutely crazy. And uh eventually I exit for some reason or whatever. And then I get drawn back in. It's like uh, uh it's a trap. But uh you obviously enjoy it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's rewarding in its own way. Um I also have a, a feeling of loyalty to it that I can't just walk away. Like I care too much about it just to walk away because it's too hard. Um, you know, with the, the role of general manager here, it it is very time consuming and, and taking on the presidency of the footy league uh, sort of makes me second guess, but I guess you just got to make time for these sort of things. And Mm. you know, you, you put so much into your work life. And, you know, the, the work that I'm involved in, you know, we rely on these little communities and and it's good to put back into those communities. So if you can add value there by having, you know, the football stay strong and be an outlet for the fathers out in that area, then to me, that goes hand in hand with what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm.
1: Excellent. So Jared, uh, before we wrap it up, because I know you've got a very busy day. Is there um, anything that you wanted to add or any question that I haven't asked that you'd like to to talk about in relation uh, to the business?
2: Um, no, I think, uh, Richard, the big thing about our business is, is we, you know, we want to keep moving forward and and we want to work with good people. Um, you know, that's, we, we want to provide a place where people can be and, you know, they can add value to, to other operations in the area, you know, at the end of the day, um, for us, it's about being in, in partnership and in a relationship with, with the local communities and the farmers out there and, you know that's to me that's rewarding personally and I know a lot of our employees find that rewarding that you know they can go out on the weekend to these local communities and you know they're they're respected and they're known and you know even thanked for what they do for them so you know to be able to um, be a part of something like that to me is is quite special. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh that's excellent Jared it's certainly uh different from what I know of the business uh you've got a fantastic culture and uh and tremendous uh, opportunities for growth in the future. So I really appreciate your time today and have a fantastic afternoon. Thanks very much, Richard. Okay, bye-bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Arate Podcast with Richard Trix. For show notes and other resources, please visit aratepodcast.com while you are there you can subscribe for future episodes so you can continue your own journey towards realizing your full potential as a senior executive and please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues the arate podcast is brought to you by the experts on air podcast network